Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Overcoming oppression or depression. Overcoming depression. Overcoming depression. Chapter 4, verse 1. Adam knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, thou shalt, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Father, thank you for your word. I thank you for the great Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that dwells within us to enlighten us, to enlarge our spirits, to give direction to our spirits, to cause the Word to become a live, living reality in our spirits. I thank you for receptive hearts. I thank you for attentive ears. I thank you for uh, open minds. I thank you that we are doers of the Word and not hearers only. In Jesus' name, everybody said what? Amen. Hallelujah to Jesus. Well, we're talking about overcoming depression. Depression. We have discovered that man is a tripart being spiritual being, emotional being, and physical being. We've also discovered that the condition of the human spirit is carried through the soul or the mind or the emotions and manifests in the mortal body, physical body. We've also discovered that in the realm of the spirit there are two types of wisdom. Wisdom which cometh from above and wisdom which is from beneath. Wisdom which comes from God and His Spirit. Wisdom which comes from the devil and His Spirit. We have found out that the fruit of God's wisdom is peace, joy, love, harmony, unity, faithfulness. All these things come from the Spirit of God. We have found out that bitterness, envy, strife, and division, all those things come from the Spirit of the devil. We have found out that the fountain of life is in the human spirit. We have found out that God's Word tells us to protect your spirit with all diligence because out of it come the issues of life. To protect means to guard, to keep from loss, harm, or injury. That means that the human spirit then can suffer loss, harm, or injury if it's not protected or kept by the believer. We have found out then that if that stream or fountain of life is poisoned by this ungodly wisdom, then, of course, the same well or the same fountain shall bring forth, instead of good water, bitter water. We don't want that, do we? Wisdom is not of the emotions. Wisdom is of the Spirit. And so, you see, we don't want to be bringing forth this ungodly wisdom. We don't want that to be expressed in our out of our spirit into our emotions into our physical makeup. That's not what we want. 
The third chapter of James tells us all that I just talked about, godly wisdom and ungodly wisdom. That wisdom that comes from above is good, but the wisdom from below is earthly, sensual, and devilish. And I don't want my fountain being poisoned with that kind of garbage. How about you? Amen? Because it will affect the entire physical, spiritual, emotional, and physical makeup of the believer. Well, let's take a look at Cain's condition and let's make a diagnosis. If one were to diagnose Cain's condition, I would say that he is in a state of clinical depression. Depression. He is wroth and his countenance is fallen. That means, wroth means he's angry and he's of a sad countenance. In other words, he's in a state of depression. Let's divide, define depression. Depression is a psychotic disorder. This is according to Webster, not according to me. A psychotic disorder marked by sadness, marked by sad, sadness, inactivity, inactivity, difficulty in thinking and concentration, difficulty in thinking, concentration, and feelings of dejection. One can say low in spirits. Feelings of dejection. Low in spirits. So we see here, Cain actually fits the bill. He's depressed. He's angry. His countenance has fallen. Now, my definition, you see, the world system thinks that man's just the mind and body. But we as believers, we know that man is a spirit, soul, and body. Yes, it's true that we can study the human mind, the soul, the emotions of the individual. That's true, because man also possesses a soul. But if one is to only go as far as the, studying the human soul and not studying the human spirit and the forces of it, then, of course, he's not going to come up with many answers and give us help in our time of need. So I say that depression is a broken spirit, a wounded spirit, a poisoned spirit, a breach in the spirit that is manifesting itself in the body through the soul or through the emotions. The Bible says that a spirit of man will, can, will sustain the infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. When the human spirit is poisoned and wounded and there's a breach in that spirit, it affects the emotions, and then through the emotions it'll affect the body. A merry heart doeth good like a hallelujah, but a broken spirit even dries up the bones. Amen? You see that? You see it? So you see, we're studying it from the foundation, the spirit of man, through the soul, through the body. Now here we see the father, the greatest psychiatrist of all, I guess you could say, in his counseling session with Cain, in verse 6 says, the Lord said unto Cain, why art thou wroth? Good question, huh? Why are you angry? Why has your countenance fallen? Why is it fallen? Why are you angry? Why is it fallen? In other words, you're in a state of depression, Cain. 
But I want to know why. What reason? Why should you be depressed? Why should you be angry? Why should your countenance be fallen? I am the glory and the lifter of your head. Why is your countenance fallen? God's asking him this question. And a good counselor would ask the same question. What is the nature of your problem? God doesn't have a problem. What's the nature of your problem? Why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen all of a sudden? Well, he goes on in verse 7 and says to Cain, If thou doest well, now note this, If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? Now what's he referring to? Well, he was upset, he was angry, his countenance was fallen because of the fact God accepted the offering of his brother Abel, but God did not accept his offering. He rejected his offering when he brought it unto him because his offering was an offering of the works of his hands, works of the flesh. Don't turn to it, but Hebrews 11.4 tells you and me that Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice unto God by faith. By what? By what? By faith. Because this Abel was a man of faith, he offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain did. Although Cain was sincere in his offering, he was sincerely wrong. You can't get to God except by blood. And you see, here we have a type of works of the flesh and faith. And Abel came by faith. See, that's why us faith people, we get criticized all the time and people withdraw from us. All you talk about is what God's doing for you. I'll tell you what, you faith people. Uh, every time I look at you, you've got a testimony. What God did for you. God provided a need. God healed your son. God gave you $100. God gave you this. God did that. God did this. Man, who wants to talk to you? God don't answer anything for me. And it's not because He doesn't want to. It's because it's Paul's thorn in the flesh. And it's not because He doesn't want to. It's because I've got a bear and a burden. See? That's exactly what this Cain was doing. And God said to him, Cain, if you would have come to me like Abel did in faith, and if you did well, wouldn't you have been accepted? And see, you try to say that to these people. Look, I'm trying to tell you, if you'll just come to God by faith instead of by your 25 years of faithful work service, you'd have got it too. You'd have been delivered also. He would have accepted your prayer. He'd have answered your prayer. He'd have set you free right where you sit. If you'd have came by faith. But here we see that he's holding this anger. He's, his countenance has fallen because he feels rejected of God. And people that don't know how to get their prayers answered, they feel the same way. Now, there could be many causes of this depressed state. You could have lost your loved one. Maybe your spouse, maybe your father or mother, maybe your child, maybe somebody, you know, passed away in your family and went on to be with the Lord and it caused a state of depression. Because inwardly you held something, you know, against God, a little bit of anger, maybe not openly, but inwardly. And you said within yourself, I, what did I do wrong, Lord? How come I didn't get enough to get that prayer answered or to get him delivered? And, and you try to reason all these things out. You see? And it produces inside the human spirit a sense of low esteem. Like as though you're the blame, you're the fault. And if you let that stay in there, you're going to get just like Cain did. And Cain was in a bad way. Well, why are you angry? 
Why is your countenance fallen? He can ask you that today. Where do the problems lie? You having problems in your home? You having problems in where you work? You having problems here? Problems there? What's the problem? Why? Why are you angry? See? Why is your countenance fallen? It's a good question. But God wants to know the answer. Well, I think it's very important that we understand there are three sources. Three sources of all emotional pain. Three sources of emotional pain. Now, you either memorize them or write them down because they're very important. Three sources. We can classify them into three different categories. Three sources of emotional pain. Number one. A sense of self... Uh, of A lack of self-worth. Number one. A lack of self-worth. Number two. We'll give them to you first. Number two. A lack of intimacy with others. A lack of intimacy with others. And number three. A lack of intimacy with God. Lack of intimacy with God. Lack of self-worth. Lack of intimacy with others. Like your brother. Like Cain and his brother. Lack of intimacy with God. These are the three sources of emotional pain. Three sources. Now. First of all. Let's take a look at lack of self-worth. Cain. Because he came and didn't get accepted with his offering, had a guilt complex. And this didn't develop overnight. This probably developed. It says in the process of time. This probably developed through the years. Where this Abel was getting his prayers answered, but he wasn't. He had a hard time with it. And he just couldn't seem to get himself into a position that he can please God. Now, you know as well as I do that without faith, it is what? Impossible to please God. I don't care how many ministries you support. I don't care how many tracts you pass out. It doesn't matter what you do in works. You can't please God without faith. And in the process of time, we see Cain developed what we call a state of depression. A sense of low esteem. And he held it inwardly. And this was the last thing to trigger off the effect of that depressed state through the soul in the natural realm. Depression will cause people to do a lot of things. Lack of self-worth is where it starts. Lack of intimacy with others. Did he have intimacy with his brother? If he did, he wouldn't have killed him, would he? But you see, that also was part of it. It triggered this state of depression. And lack of intimacy with God? No, he felt as though that he was not accepted in God's sight and His presence. And this rejection, of course, can be carried through even to our generation in, in, in the believer's life. They don't get their prayers answered, so they feel rejected of God. You know, they feel as though, look, everybody else talking about how God's doing all these things for them, but I'm not getting anything. And of course, if you take the same attitude that Cain did, you're going to get the same results. And a lot of people have. They have taken the same attitude that Cain did, and they didn't get good results. They got his results. 
Before I go any further, I want you to write down some of these st statistics. Number one, depression is the number one health problem in the United States of America. Number one health problem in the United States of America. One out of every 20 Americans as of 1978, one out of every 20, is in this state of depression. You think about that. One out of every 20. This is as of 1978. It is the leading cause of suicide. The leading cause of suicide in our country. And 15% of all significantly depressed people will commit suicide. 15%. They will do it. It is the 10th leading cause of death in America. In other words, not just by suicide. Depression will lead you to death. Depression will lead you to an early grave. Now, this statistic is very important to you that are going to college or contemplating going to college. I was amazed at this statistic. Depression is the second leading cause of death or suicide in the college student. Second. In college students. You think about that. I wrote some of these down. I was just looking at them and I said, I, I marvel. The second leading cause of death or suicide among college students. They don't know what they're going to do in life. They get this sense of, you know, a lack of self-esteem. Uh, what am I going to do in life? Uh, what am, what's my purpose here? What, what, what am I going to accomplish in life? What am I going to do with my... And then people will say, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? What do you want to go? What do you... What do you I don't know. They're like I was when I was in school. I says, I'm just taking space up. And not outer space either. Just classroom space. I don't know what I wanted to do. If you told me I was going to be a preacher, I'd have said, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> but you see... At least I got out of it before, you know, I got in a state of depression because I didn't know what I wanted to be. But this thing will happen. Something will trigger it off. And in the life of a college student, it's the second leading cause of death. Well, depression occurs twice as much in women as it does in men. Twice as much in a woman than it does in a man. I would have to say that's because women are more emotional. Some women or most women are more emotional than a man is. That's not saying that it can't happen, you know, in a man's life uh, as easily. I guess if the person's more emotional, it could. But a woman is, is considered to be more emotional than a man. Okay, that's enough for statistics. Now, in the book of, of Isaiah, I'm going to give you a good statistic. Isaiah 41, verse 10. In God's holy word, we have got chapter and verse that tells us 
We don't have to be depressed. Depression is a thing of the past. It doesn't have to be in the life of the believer. The believer is footloose and fancy free from depression. All he's got to do is recognize it. Notice that this depressed state came over on Cain in a process of time. There are certain steps that will lead you to depression. Number one is regression. You begin to regress. Now, that's easy to understand in the life of a believer. To regress means to go back. It means to go to a lesser state of behavior or a different lower level of behavior or a previous level of behavior. When you got born again, you started to act different. You started to do things that were godly. And you start to change your lifestyle. You start to live for God. You put away the habits that you used to be involved in. You got rid of some of these, these things and that because you loved God and you were just worshiping God and growing in God. But little by little, through gradual loss, you begin to go back to some of the old ways. You begin to revert back to some of the old practices. These are the first signs of an individual who is leaning towards a state of depression. Then after regression will set in what is called oppression. Oppression is being weighed down in body or mind. Being weighed down. It's like carrying a weight on your shoulders or a weight on your head. It's almost like a literal blanket just being thrown over top of the believer or the individual. And you can't get out from under beneath, from beneath that, you see. You just can't get out and get loose from it. You'd like to, you want to, but it's just a weight. It's always there. It's like a gnawing, a pounding. It's always there. You try to turn this way, try to turn that way, but you just can't seem to find any escape. Oppression. You thought you was going to get it through a deliverance. You thought you was going to get it by, you know, having some type of deliverance. Listen to what I'm saying. This is not demon activity in the mind. When it is a case of demon possession in the mind, it needs to be cast out. I am not talking about it. In the United States of America, we don't have many that are demon possessed. We got those. Now listen. Those spirits that are educated, more educated than these lesser form demons... Because of their intelligence, these wicked spirits in high places, and because of the light we have, this country has been picked by satanic influence to have all these religious spirits to come over here that understand somewhat of the makeup of man to start in his mechanism, if you will, a chain reaction whereby he affects the human spirit through poison Garbage like bitterness, envy, strife, division. Wounds that spirit, not literally living in it, but wounding it, causing it to be broken hearted. You see? A breach in the spirit. So that it can then re be released through the emotional realm to cause the mind, and this is clinically proven, that when a person is psychotic, there's an actual physical condition that takes place in the brain amen, that causes a reaction in the human makeup or the human body and causes him to have physical problems and conditions. 
They think it's pouring out of the mind. That doctors may even say at the hospital, there's nothing wrong with you physically. It must, you have the pain, it's there. Yes, I have a problem, it's there. Yes, but it's not a physical problem. It's a mental one. And of course, the person would be offended and say, look, there's nothing wrong with me mentally. But it is. They say there's no reason for your physical disorder. And so they send you to a psychiatrist to find out what the mental problem is. But you see, if people would be educated in the human spirit and know how to deal with it from a spiritual standpoint, then these demons that we have to deal with that are endeavoring to get the man to use his own power against himself, James says, this fountain of life shouldn't be producing bitter and sweet water. These things ought not so to be. The same mouth blesses God, the same mouth curses man. Don't you know the tongue is the word of iniquity? And it causes the course of nature to be activated inside the human makeup? Isn't that what he said? And the, the wounded spirit will cause the emotional realm to become distorted. And it's not a demon in that person's brain. What it is, is that, that, that flowing from the, human, from the human spirit into the mind, into the realm of the soul, and the emotions, and they have an emotional problem, and deliverance doesn't get them free. If it helps them but for a moment, they'll be right back in that state of depression. No time. And they may go back to deliverance again. They may feel free for a little bit. And then they'll go back because they're trying to get free from somebody else's faith. They may, may get little results. But soon enough, it's going to happen again because they can't get free from the reality of the human spirit and the way it operates. And all the circumstances that surround them. See, that's what he uses. It's not the devil himself. It's the influence using circumstances around your life to put pressures on you that causes you to start speaking negatively, causes your human spirit to start to put poison out. Somebody says, I thought God lived my spirit. How God doing that? God's not. We're not talking about God. We're talking about your spirit. How many of you know the Bible says protect your spirit with all diligence? Well, why is he telling me to protect it if it can't be harmed or injured? And James says it'll produce, it'll have come out of it all these ugly things. Bitterness. This, this wisdom is not, believe me, of the emotions. It's of the spirit. You let it contaminate your spirit, it'll contaminate your mind, it'll contaminate your body. And that's what happened to Cain. And they don't just need a devil cast out. They need to have somebody to teach them the operation of God's word out of the human spirit. That's why Jesus said, seek ye the kingdom of God that's working in your heart. Learn how it works. So you can be free from this thing. See? Now that's what he's referring to. And this scripture tells you this. God said in this scripture, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed. The word dismayed can be defined as this. To deprive of courage. To deprive of courage. An initiative to deprive of courage and initiative through anxieties, let's say through the pressure of anxieties, worries and fears. Through the pressures of anxieties, worries and fears. Or perplexity, any way you want to say it. And what it's really saying, God is saying to the believer, you need not fear and you need not be dismayed or depressed. You don't need to allow the pressures of circumstances, perplexity, fears, worries, and anxieties get you into a state of depression. And why don't we need to? Because he said, be not dismayed. I am your God. I am your God. 
one of the sources of depression is what? Lack of intimacy with who? God. I am your God. And because I am your God, you need not be depressed. The believer need not be depressed. Nay, in all these things, in whatsoever state I am in, whatsoever circumstance that surrounds me, I've learned to be independent of circumstances because I can do all things through Christ. You will find that this kind of an individual, just like Cain, feels like, I can't please God, I can't please self, I can't please my brother. And what did it cause him to do? Listen. The manifestation of this depressed state, this wounded spirit, to the emotional realm, first of all, led him to argue with his brother. You look back, you don't have to turn it, but look back in Genesis, and it says that Cain argued with Abel when they were out in the field. Cain argued with Abel. He had lack of intimacy with his brother. And another source was lack of intimacy with others. And it's all centered around the fact that he had a poor sense of self-esteem. See? And so now we find him letting this depressed state, after a process of time that he developed, be made manifest in the physical realm. Starts in the spirit, one to the soul, now the physical realm, and it ends up in murder. It ends up in murder. Someone says, the devil made me do it. No. Indirectly. But now listen. I'm not talking about just a demon coming inside a body. I'm talking about the process of the human spirit being so contaminated till it gets into a state of depression that what it's actually causing to happen in the human makeup is a, an emotional problem, a psychotic disorder that if not dealt with will actually, at a moment of time, cause somebody to do something like commit suicide, like to commit murder at, at the spur of the moment. But you see, this is a condition of the human spirit. It needs to be protected. And in this case, in this instance, murder was committed. He killed him. But you see, we're not to let it get that far. And it wasn't the devil needed to be cast out. It was a dealing with the makeup of this man, with the spirit, the soul, and the body. See, didn't Jesus, did Jesus not say that it's not that what goes into the mouth that the Father mouth, it's what comes out. For inside, out of the heart of man comes evil, murders, hatred, envies, all these things. Didn't he say that? In other words, murder came out of the heart. How did it? It was poison. That's exactly what the devil wants to do, to influence. And so you see, that's why a lot of people can go that are in our mental institutions... And people think if they just wanted to cast out devils, they would all be all right. No, they need to get the Word of God. You may have somebody that's maybe in a state of depression. And after I give you these symptoms, you'll start to see it more clearly. You may be in a state of depression and didn't realize it. You see, you're on a decline. But now you know how to deal with it and how to avoid it. But just like over here, what happened to him, many different... Adverse results could take place in this natural physical realm. But it Some way to satisfy this element inside him that's crying out for reality. The unregenerate human spirit will turn to drugs, thinking that they're going to find, oh, this is where it's at, man, this is it. But they find no reality. 
They turn to alcohol. This is where it's at. There's a heart hunger. There's something in there that wants, that needs to be satisfied. It's because God is the creator. And when man was separated and severed from the relationship and life of God, he still had that heart hunger to know God, to find reality. He's trying to find an escape for this unrealistic world. And he seeks it in all these other ways. Sexual vices, drugs, alcohol, anything you could think of, robbery, whatever. It is actually a manifestation of that which is inside the makeup of the man. But hallelujah. One day somebody comes along and tells that individual that Jesus is the way, the reality, and the life. Your search for reality is over. Jesus will satisfy that heart hunger, that element inside the human spirit that's wanting to cry out unto God and reach for reality. And when he comes into that spirit, he floods that spirit with his love. And I mean, there is a satisfaction. There is a joy unspeakable, full of glory. You just want to take off and tell the world. You want to let everybody know. You make a fool of yourself doing it and, you know, getting yourself in trouble doing it because you don't have any wisdom. But it's just, it's just the expression of that what hap which happened in your human spirit when Christ came in. See? That element inside the man. But on the opposite side of the spectrum, we find that if a believer would allow himself, and we shouldn't allow it. Oh, dear God, as believers with the word like we have it, we shouldn't allow ourselves to get to a place of depression. Never do it. And he said the reason why is because I am your God. Intimate relationship with me. I am your God. Now, actually, there are five major categories in which we could put this manifestation of this depressed state. Five different categories. Five different categories. We'll go over them very quickly. First of all, there is the sad effect. Well, I'm not going to take time. I'm going to go very quickly through these. Maybe just talk a little bit, but write them down. It's important. The sad effect. Let's, let's write them down first. Sad effect, number one. Painful thinking, number two. Painful thinking, number two. Physical symptoms, number three. Anxiety, number four. And delusional thinking, number five. Delusional thinking, number five. Sad effect. When a person is entering into depression... You can see it all over their face. There is, well, there are wrinkle lines. There is a sad countenance. Remember Cain's countenance had fallen? There is a drooping where there should be a smile of the lips. There is a harshness about their countenance, about their facial expression. Now, the Bible says he is the glory and the lifter of your head. Doesn't it? You can see that they're lacking an intimate relationship with the Father because if they were intimately involved with the Father, they would not be expressing this kind of a countenance. There would be a joy unspeakable. There would be a glow about their face. There would be a spring in their step. And there would radiate from their face the glory and joy of the Lord. Now, this sad effect actually 
there's two sides to the spectrum. On one side of it, you've got those that are sad and they begin to neglect their cleanliness. They begin to neglect taking care of themselves. They may not get dressed up nice and uh, not look good for their husbands or for their wives, etc., etc. And you, it's, you start to see it in their appearance. There is a decline in their appearance. They don't care how they appear. But on the other side of it, you've got those that will just get dressed, and I mean just perfect, to perfection. And although that they're beautifully dressed and every hair is in place and the makeup is on properly or the tie is fixed just right, although the outward appearance of the person seems to be fit while stable, but the facial expression cannot be hidden. You can't behind, you can't hide that behind makeup or a good outward appearance. You see, the sad effect is still there. And some try to hide that ugly condition of the inward man by putting up the outward man. And so this is called the sad effect. And you can watch, and if you need to help somebody, this will help you to help somebody or help you to help yourself. You can see that if your countenance has fallen, right away, there's a reason for it. Stop right there. Don't let it go any further. All right, number two, painful thinking. You deal with somebody who is depressed. And all they could give you is negative ideas concerning their circumstances and concerning their own life. All they think about is the problem. If they knew the word like they know the problem, they would be footloose and fancy free. They could tell you each time, each day, every hour, every minute that the bad things took place. Can't remember chapter and verse, but they know what day, year, month, and even the hour, and secondhand, exactly when it happened. They're always on the defensive. Somebody's always out to get them, and they're always thinking that. They're always thinking about the hurts, the pains. They're always centering in, in their thought life, on how displeasing they are to others and to God. Painful thinking. They cannot think about the things that are good, lovely, honest, good report, truth. They, they, they don't dominate their thinking. All they're thinking about is the problem. Now, physical. Physical conditions. Physical symptoms. And these are real symptoms. As I said previously, there is an actual biochemical change in the brain amine that takes place when depression sets in and it, it reacts in such a way that it causes the body to either have pressure like tension headaches, like stomach ulcers, like pain in the back of the neck and down the back, down the spine. And we can go on and on and name some like hyperactivity. And we can go on and on. There's just many physical symptoms that are related to this state of depression. It's the number one health problem in America. Depression. Now, these things are really the manifestation of a spiritual condition being made known to the human body through the soul, through the emotions. 
Worry, anxiety, and fretting. Now, what did God say in His Word? Don't worry. Don't fret. Don't be anxious. See, the Father is not telling us... Now, I don't have to give you a study. I wouldn't have to give you a, a study on psychology. And some, It's nothing wrong to study the mind because man possesses the mind. But you don't put the mind to be number one. You put the spirit to be number one and you find out how the mind works. Then through the emotions, how the spirit manifests itself to the body. So there's nothing wrong with studying the mind. If we would, as believers, by faith, just do what God said to do, you wouldn't have to know why you have to do it. When you finally figure it out, you find out, I know why God said don't worry or be anxious or fretful, because it would begin a, a reaction, a chain reaction inside my human mechanism. It would cause by my tongue my spirit to be defiled, my spirit to be poisoned, and then that poison inside that fountain would cause to come up into my emotional realm, a psychotic disorder, and that through that psychotic disorder would cause my body to ache. See, you wouldn't have to figure that all out. All you'd have to do is sit back and say, well, God said don't do this, so I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to worry, fret, or be anxious about anything. Why? Who cares why? God said don't do it, that's enough for me. That's what it means to walk by faith. But see, sometimes we got to see it on paper, we got to know why, how it works. God said that if sickness came in your body, just say you're healed. What are these stripes? I am healed. Why do you got to figure it all out? What did God say to say? By faith. Now, those of you that are diligent, you have figured it out. You found out that the words I speak cause a reaction inside my spirit, and my spirit will cause the forces of life to emanate, and those forces of life will cause my mind to be renewed. And hallelujah, I got spirit power, brain power, and physical power. It'll drive that thing right out of my body. And my body will heal, be healed. But if I would have just said, God said to say it, do it, just believe I receive it, I have it, I'm healed. With pain in my body, don't question God, just do it by faith. That's, that's the way God wants us to do it. So now I can hear God saying to, to somebody, Why are you so angry? Why has your countenance fallen? I am your God. Be not dismayed. If you come to me the same way Abel did, you get the same results. See, if Cain would have said, I humble myself before you, you accepted my brother's offering, you accepted what he did, and you didn't accept mine, I'm not getting down on me, I'm not getting down on you, I'm not getting down on my brother. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to humble myself, and I'm going to ask you, Father, what is it that you want me to do so I can do it well? And didn't God say to him, if you would do well, you would be accepted? See? But that's why a lot of people have physical pains in their bodies that they can't get rid of through either deliverance ministries or healing ministries. It doesn't matter. They can't get rid of it because it's, it's emanating from the human spirit, from the inward makeup of the man. He caused that thing to be triggered. Poison's coming out instead of good water. See? Then the next one is anxiety. And I mean to tell you, when a person is, gets to this state... You ever see them? They're hyperactive. All they want to do, all, all, they can't stand or sit still. I remember some individual, boy, I tell you, you, he'd sit in a chair just like one of those chairs right over there and go to rocking. I mean 50 miles an hour. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Just like that. Just like, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I sit there getting wore out. I want to go to sleep just watching them. But the body doesn't even want to go to sleep. Their body won't want to go to sleep. 
It'll stay up late, have a hard time falling asleep. If something wakes them up, can't go back to sleep. They go to sleep late, they get up early. And they call you for counseling. They make sure that you pray with them at 1 o'clock in the morning and make sure that by 6 a.m. you've got the number again, see? You try to help them. It's just the same thing over and over. I mean, just anxiety. Just this going 100 miles an hour. Back and forth. Cancer still. Back and forth. You know, just rocking and, and everything. is Just can't get stable. Well, see, they're in there under this state of depression. And they need help. But it's not being delivered from demons that they need help. They need to learn how the Word works inside the human heart. And that's why when a person gets there, if you know somebody, if they're there, you can't do it by yourself. Thank God for tape recorders. We can help with God's Word, or we can set up some kind of a, a, a place, a refuge, where people could come that are like this, and they can hit, we can have shifts. And the Word of God playing constantly. And not just a tape from this guy, a tape from that guy, a tape from that guy. If it's your husband, if it's your wife, you make a tape. Let me say something else about this disorder. Right here. They never live in the now. Boy, get that straight. They don't live in the now. This is a cause of their disorder. You may have been there. Boy, I'll tell you what. Did you hear that guy preach that sermon? Oh, well, do you think I'm ever going to know what he knows? They want to live in the future. I want to be just like Kennedy Hagan. I want to be like Smith Wigglesworth. I want to be just like... You know, these, and I just want to live like John G. Lake, hallelujah. And, and you see, they're only two years in the Lord. These guys are 45 years. They're writing about their past. They're writing it, you know, from after attaining. They're writing back about all the great things that happened. I want to be like E.W. King and glory be to God. They're living in the future. See, it's a fantasy. They want to be. Well, that's good. You should have that desire to want to be like that. But don't get down on yourself because you don't have that knowledge yet. Because you're not walking in that full light yet. When I was at school, I wanted to be like Kennedy. I sat there and looked at that fella. And I said, glory be to God. And this, I recognized this thing started to come on me. I'd go to every class. I'd go. Then I figured it out. There's only one of me and there's 12 of them. And each one of them is studying a certain subject. For me to study all those subjects and get it all into me at one time would be a miracle. But he's only talking about the blood covenant. He's talking about the Apostle Paul. He's talking about this epistle. He's talking about Peter. He's talking about the Gospels. He's talking about Psalms. He's talking about the Pentateuch. And they all did all their in-depth studying for the last four months on one subject. And I'm getting it all at one time. And I wanted to fall over. I said, Joey, let's go to step one. How in the world am I ever going to get all that? I want to be like them. I want to live in the future. You stop right there and say, Hallelujah, God has accepted me in the beloved now. Now am I accepted. And one day I'm going to walk greater than Kennedy ever walked. Hallelujah. And I'm going to walk greater than Smith Wigglesworth ever walked. But I'm not living in the future. I'm living in the now. He accepts me now. I'm six years old in the Lord. And I'm going to walk as a six-year-old in the Lord. And keep on growing. But on the other hand, they like to live in the past. See, they're psychotic. They like to live in the past. They like to live about, oh, did you know what happened in, in, in uh, 1492? And they can go, I mean, in intricate detail and just know 
every in and every out, every movement, what they wore, what they had, what they, I said, hallelujah. If you knew the word, like here there's a problem. Again, you'd be foot loose and fancy free. You'd be running and shouting. There wouldn't be no problem. But you see, when it comes to the word, I don't know why people don't want to live in the now. The Bible says, now are you accepted in the beloved. Now are we the sons of God. Now are we more than conquerors. Now are we world overcomers. Now am I healed and delivered. When I'm going to get healed, forget it. Now am I healed. You know, when I, when I, got, I got healed, what, forget when you got healed and when you're going to get healed. Get healed now. If you can get them, make your tape for your husband or for your wife or for your loved one and just say on that tape, honey, let, her, let them hear your voice. Now are you accepted in the beloved. Now are you the child of the living God. Now are you walking in what God wants you to walk in now. Forget about ten years from now. If you'll grow daily, you'll get there ten years from now. The last one. I want to get all this on. The last one. Delusional thinking. Delusional thinking. Delusional thinking. A person will get to a place, if this is let go, they'll get to a place. I have dealt with them. You may have dealt with them. You thought you had to cast out a devil, but it wasn't a devil at all. It wasn't a devil at all. Delusional thinking. They get to a place that they actually hear voices and they actually see visions. You think they're loony, but they're real. Now listen, they may look in a mirror and see contortions in their face. And they say, didn't you see that? No. But they really saw it. They saw it. Did you hear that noise? No. What's that? I didn't hear anything. I did, and they really did. But you see, the doctor thinks they're loony. And there's something wrong. But they're real. They are real to them, to the individual. Cast the devil out. That's what's wrong with believers. They think everything is a spirit. They don't want to live in all three rounds. Everything is a devil. They don't want to live in all three rounds. They're casting out everything. But I want to tell you something. If you check it out, you'll find out that in God's system, it's more dependent upon the word working out of the heart and the effect that the fall had on the human spirit, the unregenerate and the regenerate human spirit, more so than demon activity. More so. Most of the failures because of sin consciousness and a sense of unworthiness before God. Look at the lives of Christ Christian lives today. Most people because they're having problems because they feel inadequate to pray to God and get their prayer answered like Cain did. Then they feel rejected, hold their anger in. Actually, they're angry with God and don't even know it. They're holding it within. But see, they'll get to a state of this and then they actually see these things and hear these things and the person that's working with it, they don't know what to make of it. They think I'm going to cast out a devil, but it's not. It's just the effect that it's having on that human makeup. And that's why if you will leave the recorder on, put all that word on tape, let it play 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, yeah, they'll be delivered, but they'll be delivered through the word and the word will cause the human spirit to be whole. The human spirit will begin again by faith to emanate the forces of life. It'll affect the mind. 
this eternal life will affect the human mind. The human mind then, you see, will be renewed that, yeah, God does love me. Hallelujah. He accepts me now. Praise God. I'm just like God wants me to be. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm world, a world overcomer. And you demonic influence and circumstances, you don't bother me any longer. I have learned whatsoever said I'm going to be independent of circumstances. Now, body, shut up and pain leave. Here we go. Wasn't the devil at all. It was the effect of the influence. You understand? There's a difference. Demonic influence. And you know, I think that's what the devil has done, is trying to hit, hide this from us. That everybody thinks they're dealing with the devil, and really it's only influence, and you need to deal with the human spirit of the individual affected. Deal with their human spirit. Not with the devil. Well, let's turn to one more scripture. We'll get this on. We've got to close. Mark's Gospel, chapter 12. I'm going to give you some fundamental principles or some basic guidelines based on these scriptures I'm going to share with you right now that will help you be free from depression and will help you to help others to be free from depression. Recognize it. Let me say something as we look at these scriptures. Don't ever, parents especially, don't ever instill into your children and build w within your children a sense of low esteem, lack of self-worth by saying, you know, honey, you can't do anything right. I'll tell you what, you don't do anything. I can't depend on you for anything. You talk like that to your children and in a process of time you will have developed by building into their spirit a sense of unworthiness, a sense of failure. I can't please you mom, I can't please you dad, I can't do this and I can't do that. And the teacher at school says, and you kids are just so terrible you can't do anything right. And downstairs in Sunday school, they don't say this here. Maybe somewhere else, but not here. You guys can't obey. You can't do this. You can't do that. And look at all this can'ts, can'ts, can't, can't, can'ts. And then you wonder why when they get bigger and you start to say, you know you can do all things through Christ. They go, I can? Run that by me again. Now here comes the preacher. He's got to go back to 15 years of you can't do anything. You can't do this. You kids can't. You And you see, they have developed this inner consciousness of failure and defeat. Look out. It's not going to be no laying on the hands to get healed. Praise God. Deliverance. Get No. It takes the, the parents to turn that around and start saying, Hallelujah, you, honey, you are the greatest child in the world. You're accepted in God's family. You're accepted in this house. As far as I'm concerned, you are number one. When a child does something wrong, what you did was wrong, you're a fine child. What you did was wrong, you'll be disciplined for it. But hallelujah, you are a good child. You build that sense of, you know, high esteem. They should have a sense of self-worth. Let's look at it, and I'll share this with you. Jesus gave us the, the principles. Verse 29, chapter 12, verse 29. And Jesus answered him, 
the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first. Notice this. Your spirit, your soul, your emotions, your thinking faculties, and your strength should honor God and worship God and love God. Cain's first problem was he didn't have that kind of love for God or he would have sought the answer. You see? He didn't have that. And then he goes on to say, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. And then in verse 31, And the second is like name of this, Thou shalt love thy what? In this case, it was his brother. See, the three sources, lack of intimacy with God, intimacy with others, and self Low self-worth. Lack of self-worth. But God said, here Jesus says, love the Father with all your heart. Have a good intimate relationship with Him. And then love your neighbor as yourself. Now there's all three of them right there. These are the basic things. Basic principles right here. The basic guidelines. Stemming from these. Loving God. Loving self. Loving neighbor. We could have some Principles upon which we can build a life free from depression. Now, it'll take care of all three of these things, these three sources. Because everybody, and, and, and actually in anger, you can see, you can hold it inwardly towards God, towards self, towards others. And I would have to say primarily it's towards self first. Then it's towards God, then it's towards others. Towards self. And I'll share that when I get to anger. Number one, write these down. No matter what the circumstance is, no matter what, what the condition is, you can be free. So number one, cast all the care on him. Cast all the care on him, First Peter 5, 7, of, the, of this, really of your life. If you're a father, if you're a mother, you've got children, cast all, if you're a college student, don't take the care, cast all the care on him. Step number one. You gotta do, if, if you're having problems in your work related area. Some of you guys could, you know, if you have a problem where you're working at, cast all the care on him. Forget about the problem. Cast all the care on him. I'll get that when I get in anger. Cause he cares for you. And right away you'll begin to fulfill 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 10, 3 through 6 that says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God are pulling in a strongholds. And cast, having in a readiness in verse 6, here's what I want to bring out. Having in a readiness to avenge yourself from all the mishearing when your proper hearing comes. Cast on all the things that exalted himself against the knowledge of God. Bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, you'll cast all the care on him, all the problem, no matter what it might be. Live in the now, forget tomorrow, forget yesterday. Cast all the care on him because he cares for you. Step number one. Step number two. Live in the now. Live in the now. First thing you said was, well, what do you think this is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen with this problem? You know, how do you think it's going to affect the future? Forget it. If this happens, what's going to happen next week? Forget it. Live in the now. See, right now. Hey, I'm free. I'm alive. I'm breathing. Jesus is in my heart. I've got victory. I can eat. I can walk. I can shout. 
Right now. Hallelujah. Be free. See? Live in the now. Forget what tomorrow is going to bring. Forget the past. Live in the now. Okay, number three. Meditate the word daily. Meditate the word daily. Now, of course, you understand that. It's all based on that. But meditate the word daily. Who you are in Christ. Build a, build a good self-image as to who you are in Christ, in the Spirit. I'm not going to elaborate on that because you, we, we've been talking about that. Number four, hold no anger or, now this is important, hold no anger or grudges. Hold no anger. Don't hold anger. Refuse to hold anger. Refuse to latch on to anger. It's so important that the Word teaches us, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. In other words, don't let the, the, the day go by. Don't let the, 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 the day end and you're still holding some time, any type of anger. Cain was angered, he was raw, and his countenance fell. Now he's saying that not for his good, but for our good. And he says, don't hold any anger inwardly towards somebody else or towards God. Now as I said, on the job, where you work, at the school, where you teach, Wherever you're working, whatever you're doing, circumstances could come up that would cause anger. You're not, you never, never. The Bible says, "Be angry, but sin not." Now, He wasn't give us, giving us a license to be angry because later, later on in that chapter, He says, "Put away from you anger." He says, "But if you did entertain anger, don't sin by that anger." And and if you haven't, let's say you've been holding it, let's say for the day, but don't ever let it go beyond the day. Don't ever hold that anger or hold a grudge longer than the day. Why is he saying that? I, I believe that this is why. The principle is that a man soweth seed. And when he goes to bed, he wakes up in the morning and he sows it in his heart. And he goes to bed and wakes up and sows it in his heart. And if you're doing that, if you're holding that anger the first day, you're going to get up with it in the morning. And when you wake up in the morning, you'll talk about it, the problem again. And the more you talk about the problem, it starts to build, sow seeds into the human spirit. All these things and thoughts come, you know where they come from, but they're rising up within you. You're being developed now in your anger. Your countenance is going to fall. Everybody's out to get you. Everybody's out to destroy your life, etc., etc., etc. And it builds 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 until you get depressed. Forget about tomorrow. Forget about it. Live in the now. Don't hold the anger. Thank you for listening to our Legacy Teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.